0: Hello, everyone. So what's new with you? What's new with you? Does anyone else listening to this get a little weirded out by this question? I mean, it's basically just a, a common question. What's new with you? Basically setting you up to talk about anything you want. But if you're living your life, there's probably going to be many little things in your life that are new, but you're not going to be able to think of it the minute you get the question, well, what's new with you? You may have found a new favorite band. You may be reading a new book. You may have discovered that your new favorite podcast is the Lifelong Learners Collective, Brunetic Rebranded. But when you're faced with this question, you get caught off guard in the moment, or at least I do. Anytime somebody asks me, what's new with me, what I'm really hearing is, okay, do I have to say something that's really impressive to them? Or do I, can I just tell them what's new with me and what I'm enjoying in the moment right now? Also, I know that this question is a form of small talk. And the older I get, the more adverse, adverse I feel to small talk. Even though small talk's not always a bad thing, but you know, I know I'm having small talk and I'd rather be talking about you know, podcasting, ghost, nature—all the things I'm passionate about. But small talk is just—it's necessary. It can feel cumbersome at times, but it's sometimes just necessary. And also know that time is so limited that when I do talk, I just want to get right to the point. I have that in me. So sadly speaking, I kind of feel like when I get the question "What's new with you?" I feel like I'm being measured up. When certain women ask "What's new with me?" for example. I know intuitively that they're looking for some major news about me, and that major news has to do with something with basically if I'm dating somebody or not, or yeah, something about my personal life, something juicy, something gossipy. And I'm not really somebody that likes to share that sort of aspect of my life about myself. And I'm kind of like, are they really? Are they asking this because they're genuinely interested in my life, or are they trying to get like the nitty gritty and find things that they? can go digging about. Or maybe I'm just really overthinking the question, what's new with me? Because while I may not be a small talk kind of girl, I do like to talk about what's going on in my life. I like to talk about the show, the dance classes I'm doing, the traveling. It's just whenever I get that question, I always forget all about that. And I'm just like conditionally a response, well, yeah, not much. Now, you'll notice when I get into interviews, when I'm interviewing guests on the show, I've noticed this about myself. I like to get into the meat and potatoes. I'm like, hey, tell us what you're about. What have you learned this year? Tell us about your business. Like, I like to get to the nitty gritty. I don't do a whole lot of small talk on the show. Maybe I should. If you think I should do more small talk, just let me know in the show notes. Be like, hey, Ella, I'd like to hear you have more small talk with your guests. But I'm just not good at small talk. But with all of this being said, When I talk about the question and why it makes me feel awkward, I have had a jam-packed seven weeks so far of 2024. Um, I'm really excited to share this with you guys. It is my annual birthday episode, even though my birthday was almost three weeks ago. I'm still doing an annual birthday episode. And while it's later than the actual day, I have great reasons for that. I've been doing a lot of traveling. I had a lot of guests come on the show and I wanted to, you know, prioritize them and showcase them and their stories and the valuable insights they bring. But yeah, I'm really excited to share kind of what's new with me and what I've learned so far this year and what I am taking into this next trip I have around the sun. So a week ago, I looked at a photo of myself that I took 12 years ago, and I look at the photo, and I do what we often do when we see photos of ourselves. I cringed. I did not love this photo of myself at all. I even remember taking this photo. I just got this new phone, and the car was parked in a place with quote-unquote good lighting, and I looked at it. It popped up in my Google feed, and I was just taken back by it. And it's not necessarily being vanished, like being vain about it. But the thing that shocked me most is subjectively, I know this is an opinion, but I looked at it and 12 years ago, I looked older than I do today. So that's a nice surprise, right? And yeah, I invest in a lot of great skincare. I've got the CO2 left, that stuff is legit retinol. I do the red light therapy. I do take great care of skin, but that's not really it. It's not necessarily anything to do with aging. The reason I look older in that photo is because of stress. I see the tiredness in my eyes. I look at a version of me that was burning both ends of my energetic candle. I was really wrapped up in hustle culture. I was taking on the energy of other people around me. I remember at this point in my life, I was always wanting to impress other people. I felt like I had to justify my life to other people. I think also that's when people say, what's new with you. I feel like I have to share something really exciting or something impressive to them. When really, I just can share anything about myself. I remember at the time that that photo was taking that I was kind of some internalized competition with the people I was around. I didn't feel supported by the people around me. I felt like I was in competition with them. I also felt like I was chasing approval. I was doing things to please other people. I don't know that I ever really stopped and thought about what I actually wanted at that time. And then when you're in your mid to late twenties, there is at least with millennials, there is this illusion of a timeline. You have to be here at a certain point in your life. You have to be doing this. But it wasn't anything actually what I wanted. Was a certain title what I wanted? Did I really want to be in a very committed relationship at the time? Did I really want a family at the time? No, I really wanted to find happiness. I also felt like because I was a young professional that I really needed to overcommit myself and to stay busy all the time to stay on top of things professionally that I really needed to show people that I was contributing something to society. I was also chasing fun, not having fun, but chasing fun. I was overcommitting myself to doing things on weekends that yeah, they sound like fun. Society says it's fun, but were they really fun for me? Not really. Now I, I can find, you know, a relaxing night reading a good book and drinking herbal tea, whereas I used to find gossiping and drinking wine relaxing. I didn't. I went on trips and I went on outings that were supposed to be fun, but I just found myself having to be on and not being the most full authentic version of myself. And then because I overcommitted myself, I would find myself on Sundays laying in bed, drained to the core, having to recover myself. And re energize myself for the week ahead of me. I even remember I used to watch reality TV, especially Kardashians, and I used to get worked up over my favorite Kardashian. And then I judge my friends for watching The Bachelor and getting worked up over their favorite contestant when I'm like, oh, this is just really fake. And then I realized I checked myself on that and I'm like, wait, I get worked up over things I see on CNN. That's probably fake too. Yeah, I said that. But what I'm really getting to is. I was focusing on things I really couldn't control. Then I remember just thinking that it wasn't necessary for me to sleep, that I needed to just drink a lot of coffee to get me throughout the day. And overcompensating the lack of sleep I have and drinking all that caffeine dehydrated me. That wasn't doing my skin any favors either. Now, 12 years later, I'm finding ways to be present with people around me. I like to take time for doing things I truly enjoy, dancing, reading, listening to podcasts, going on hikes, seeking what actually does fulfill me internally. And on top of that, getting eight hours of sleep, drinking two or three water water Stanley cup, well, 40 ounces a day, three 40 ounce cups a day. You know, that's how I measure drinking a Stanley cup and making sure I get plenty of water. And I also seek to be around people that inspire me, to fill my head with people that inspire me and remove myself from any situation where I feel judged. I find myself having conversations that facilitate what makes me happy and being on a spotlight for who I really am and not by what society is measuring me against. And I get to talk about the goals that I have for myself, the things that light me up from within. That's what I want more of. So with this next trip around the sun, the lunar new year, the new year for me, I knew I had to do a solo episode, update you guys on what I've been up to, and here I am. I Also, before we get into it, I do want to have you guys know something else. So last week, if you listened, there's a two-minute episode of me popping in, telling you guys that I had the flu, I was having chills, a fever, a cough, and Last week, I was really debating this. I was like, no, I need to push myself. I just need to show up. I'll tell them what it is. I'll tell them what's up, that I have the flu, and that it's going to be a shorter episode. And I was really just going to push myself to record an episode last week. Then I realized it's absolutely not necessary. I just got on there real quick to let you guys know why there wasn't a full new episode. Because that's me just having a snippet and telling you why there wasn't an episode. And to tell you that I'm listening to my own advice and my own advice is that my body was telling me that resting is productive, that I needed to give myself permission to take a break. I have told you guys this before, take a break, let yourself energize, let yourself recharge your batteries. So I did that. I practiced what I preached. I canceled all the plans I had last week after having a busy six weeks of 2024 canceled all the plans I had. I stayed home. I ordered soup through DoorDash. I drank hot tea and knew that taking the break that week, letting myself and my body recover was only going to energize me in the long run. And I want you to do the same. I want you to focus on what energizes you and not compromise your health. The moral of the story of all this is If you're looking to look younger, if you've got a birthday and you're like, oh no, and you really want to look younger than you are, you may not exactly need, want to do a doctor's appointment or have needles in your face. You might just need a great pillow. You might just need to lower your caffeine intake and know the boundaries you want to set in your life and what you want more of. Take time each day, do an internal audit of your energy. Think about what's giving you energy. Also make a mental note of what is draining your energy. For me, podcast interviews, they always energize me, especially when I get to interview someone and that's almost every week that just loves what they do, that has a purpose for their business, that just lights up when they talk about what they're doing. I also take time for dancing. Dancing energizes me, keeps me active. It keeps my mind engaged because I want to know the certain steps that I want to take and how to do certain things in dancing. It's always challenging me. Something that doesn't energize me. Talking about other people, whether good or bad. Um, Talking about other people just drains me. Always does. Listening to people on TV freak out over celebrities or people they don't like. Listening to people freak out over politics. I used to watch CNN Every single night. And it was draining me. Draining me. Doing my taxes yesterday drained me. I hated it. I am it's draining my bank accounts. Not as much as I thought it would. I am actually paying a little bit less than I initially thought I had to. And that's because of write-offs and charity even some expenses for the show. I'm able to write that off in my taxes. Hallelujah. Amen. But Paying taxes is the law. I can only fight so much. One day I'll become a billionaire and I'll will to find loopholes and find ways to get around paying taxes. But until then, I was able to pay them, get them out of the way, and then move on with my year. But when I look at things that energize me, I've really just been doing a lot of thought into it. Just these first six weeks into the year, and something that was just reiterated to me is that finding a cause that is greater than me and supporting that is always, always, always going to have a return on investment with my time. So every year, for example, I volunteer for an event called Night to Shine, sponsored by the Temtivo Foundation. I've been volunteering with Night to Shine for four years. And each year, I kid you not, it just keeps getting better for me. It keeps getting more rewarding. This event occurs internationally every year in February. And it's held at one night at hundreds of locations across the globe. The purpose of a night to shine is to honor guests who have special needs in which are typically overlooked by our society. Many are seen by people for the disability they have and not for the heart they have. And if you ever thought about that, if you ever thought if people only saw one aspect of you and judged you for that, how much that hurts and how much that stings you. And when it comes to people with special needs, a lot of cultures don't even value them as human beings at all. Some of them don't even value their life. Just do your research on that and how people with special needs are treated in It is devastating because anybody that volunteers with people who have special needs, just know how amazing these people are and how much joy they bring you and what they remind you in life and what they can teach us. A night to shine is a reminder to the guests that they as human beings matter, that they are loved and cherished by the community around them, that they are worthy of love. They are worthy of happiness. And they are worthy of being celebrated. The Tim Tebow Foundation provides a lot of the resources for the night to shine. And then I'm sure they probably have it close by to you, wherever you're listening, but there's going to be a church or organization that's going to locally host this event. We, as volunteers, we dedicate this night to the guests of honor. We give them a prom. We give them spaces to be pampered, hair, shoes shine, just pampering them, doing some makeup. We give them a concert. We have karaoke in one room. We, I this year got to manage a photo booth with Disney princesses. These four best friends in high school, they dress up as Disney princesses every year and they go to different parties and events. They said this was the most rewarding event they went to. I was so impressed with them. It was my job to manage them, but they, they were awesome. They were just really good at interacting with the guests. They got on the dance floor and danced with them, sang with them, did karaoke. I mean, it was just so amazing. Another thing about Night to is the Guardians. We provide them free dinner, massages. We give them time to relax because we know that being a full-time caregiver demands so much, so much more than what many people realize. But I just, what I find so rewarding about a night to shine is that not only do I just have the best night volunteering and just being reminded of how precious life really is this night, but I've met so many close friends by volunteering for this event one night each year. We, as buddies and facilitators, we bond and we have just as much fun as the guests that we honor at this event. And, you know, I met a lot of these people for the first time this past Friday night volunteering. And we all bonded just watching our guests of honor arrive on the red carpet, smile, dance, just feel so much joy as they walk in. They feel like royalty. And outside during this event, there is these, there were a torrential downpour and thunderstorms in Tennessee. You know, we have the most unpredictable weather. They come to this event. They, this, this weather did nothing to run this event. This event was just amazing. They walked in, they knew they were being celebrated. And yeah, I bonded with all these strangers, you know, talking about, you know, that we had waterproof mascara on because we were just Just overwhelmed with all this joy that we were seeing with all the guests. And I didn't think I'd get to volunteer this year because this event is so popular that whenever they need volunteers, it fills up immediately. I actually joined in late. A good friend of mine, she oversees the event and she works at the church that hosts it. She saw my name on the list. She texted me. She said, hey friend, I saw you're interested in volunteering for Night to Shine. Would you like me to take you off the waiting list? I said, absolutely. I'm up for anything. Just put me where you need me. And I was just so, just the whole time I was there, I was just thrilled, overwhelmed with joy, made new friends, and just had the most rewarding experience I can think of. I mean, the only thing that comes close to how rewarding this experience was, was I actually got to help build a house in Costa Rica again, bonded with some of my coworkers that I hadn't met before just by building this house. And sharing that experience and how rewarding it is. So all in all, when I mentioned this, when I mentioned volunteering, I think it is so important to give time and money to a cause and a mission that just inspires you. Something that is greater than yourself. Because even though I was technically volunteering with Night to Shine and a home build, I got to come home with such a full heart and such a rich feeling with experience that just can't be matched anywhere else. And just based on my observation in 30 some years of life, I noticed that the people that are the the happiest and the most fulfilled are people that are finding ways to give back. People with a serving heart that just wanna bring love and joy to others. So volunteering, that is my priority number one. That is something I wanna do more of That is something I want to invest into. That's just going to energize me. Priority number two, I want to continue to find ways that challenges myself, both physically and mentally. Two weeks ago, I had a belated birthday celebration with my brother. He is a skier. He travels all the way around the globe and skis at different slopes. And from what I heard, Utah, Park City, Utah, is one of the best places to ski. It is where Olympians train to ski. It's the Olympics were held in Park City one year. So found out I had to go to Utah for work. So I went ahead and booked a lesson to ski in Utah. I learned how to surf in Costa Rica, where the Olympic surfing, international surfing tournament, I don't know. Costa Rica is known for surfing. Utah is known for skiing. So I learned in the places where they just of a habitat, a skiing habitat, surfing habitat. Now, honestly, this was my third time skiing, but it was my first time skiing on powder, which what I understand is a lot different than skiing on ice. Therefore, I signed up for a lesson. It, again, I've skied before, so I was kind of like, oh, am I going to be the older per- oldest person here? At least it won't be my first time skiing. But I arrived to my lesson in Park City, and again, worried I was going to be the oldest, and I was like, this is going to be weird. But to my surprise, I met this handful of people. They were all close to my age. We were all in our 30s, many of which were also skiing for the first time. Others have skied before and just like me, wanted to hone their craft in skiing. So the very first person I met, I have to share this. Her name was Hannah. She's from Fort Lauderdale. And we got to chatting about what we did. It just so happens that she works for the same advertising agency that I worked for almost seven years ago. I worked for the satellite office in Nashville. She worked in their main office in Fort Lauderdale. How crazy is that? So we had a lot to talk about, obviously. Then I met Jessica and Fernando and a few others. Just a couple people they've snowboarded before, but they wanted to learn to ski instead. And we talked about what experience we have with skiing and why we were there. And honestly, it felt like these three hours that we were all together, that we were instantly best friends. We got to know our instructor. He was from France. His name was Sebastian. I was telling Tyler, my brother, that I wanted to practice my French, that I needed to go to France so I can use the French that I took for four years. Well, I got to talk, speak French with Sebastian. Of course, Sebastian knew really good English too, but he seemed to be impressed that I knew a lot of French. But all in all, this whole group of people I was with, we became just the best of friends. We were cheering each other on. We all wanted to see each other become great skiers. Now there were a few people that ended up dropping out of the class. They decided they didn't like it. They dropped out. But those of us that stuck with it, stuck through, we just, we had the best time. And even though that wasn't my first time skiing and I really didn't learn anything new, I was able to sharpen my skill set, sharpen my turns and just have this fantastic experience. I also got to spend time with my brother that I see maybe once a year But we got to bond because we both enjoy skiing. And me taking that lesson gave him some time to ski some slopes that were his level because he's a lot more advanced than I was. Now, when he was skiing with me, it's like I had my own personal ski coach because he was kind of watching me ski and telling me what I needed to work on. And overall, skiing as a sport, it really excites me. It kind of scares me. I don't want to run into people. I didn't want to run over these kids. And it also leaves me really sore. But those three things alone are why skiing is such a great workout and something that I want to do more of. I'm very engaged with it. I'm very challenged by it. It's something I want to learn more. And it's basically, I love skiing the same reason I love dancing. There's always new things to learn in it. And, you know, dancing, I've done everything from ballet to aerial, tap, pole dancing. Yep. I do pole dancing. I actually taught pole dancing, not the pole dance you think I did, but I taught pole dancing because it challenges me to work certain muscles in my body and to learn a new skill. It's a party trick. So then that makes me unique. But I love all of these things because A, dancing and skiing take me out of my comfort zone and B, they challenged me. So what are you doing with your spare time that is taking you out of your comfort zone and also challenging you? If you are unable to book a flight and ski a new slope, or maybe you don't live in a city with a lot of options for dance classes or working out, I bet you can still find something that's going to challenge you. You can go on YouTube. I do a lot of challenging Pilates classes that I find just on YouTube for free. And as far as working your brain muscles, that's one of those important muscles that you need to work. Because something that I've been prioritizing is, I like to spend at least 30 minutes a day reading. Right now I'm reading Iron Flame by Rebecca Yarros because it's so entertaining. It's an engaging series. I read the first book, Fourth Wing, and it's about dragons. I love reading about dragons. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. House Targaryen here. I also enjoy reading anything by Mel Robbins, Joe Dispencia, Gabby Bernstein. This keeps me motivated. keeps me on my track. But I also want to share that a study by Yale University in 2016 stated that 30 minutes of reading per day is linked to the longevity of your life, just like working out is. And by keeping your brain active by reading, you're actually going to feel a stronger connection to other people around you. So a night in with your favorite book, it may, you know, may not be May not be actually socializing at the moment, but it's helping you. It, you know, went from being probably the last thing I told myself I would do twelve years ago to one of my favorite things in the whole world, just reading. Reading is so rewarding. You may say, I hate reading, I don't like it. No, you can find something that you like to read, even if it's an article online, even if it's, you know, about your favorite celebrity. Just find something to read. Do it. I promise you will not be sorry. Work that brain. Just keep reading. Reading is not only fundamental, it is good for you as verified by Yale University. Now we'll get into habit number three. And this habit, I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. It won't be the first or last time I talk about it, but that's setting boundaries. No surprise to you. And the reason I keep talking about it is I personally have a tendency to oh. Overcommit to violate my personal boundaries. I let the sneaky voice of FOMO, fear of missing out, creep into my mind and cause me to spread myself thin. Being sick last week was probably a blessing in disguise because I had all these plans for Galentine's and I didn't get to do a single one of them. But it was also my mind telling me, my body, hey, let's give me a rest here. You've been going, going, going. Ever since December, it's time to rest. It's time to pace yourself. Be mindful of your time. So th- those personal boundaries, by taking a week off, have given me more energy and I feel better than ever. Last week I had chills, I had a fever, I was coughing, I barely had a voice. Now I feel so much better and it just, it just keeps showing up this lesson in self-care and focusing on what energizes me also talking about boundaries is what I am allowing externally. So I always pay attention to who I'm around, what someone else's presence does to me. If the person that's talking to me is making me feel judged or not enough, or if they're an energy vampire, if they're always talking about drama, I have to be mindful of that shift in energy and what it's doing to me. If the individual I talk to is just consistently an energy taker, I have to make note of that and know if I want to spend more time with them or not. Or I look at the people that are always inspiring me and challenging me and sharpening me. It's like, okay, I need to spend more time with people around that. It is so important of who you let in your immediate circle because you have to think of it kind of like you would your climbing buddies. If you're going to be climbing a mountain together, you're going to want people that are constantly helping you elevate, helping you go up a mountain. You don't want somebody pulling you down. So it's just so important just to find the right people and what they can help you do in life. People that are going to give you space to talk about what you're passionate about and not just kind of like in your business being nosy or doing things to make you feel like, you know, you're in competition or saying things or asking you things to make you feel like you're somehow not enough because you're not meeting a certain status quo as they are. So just being mindful of that and how you build. And when you talk about, you know, your mindset and how you're feeling, we can talk about how it pertains to mindfulness. And when it comes to mindfulness, I also have my morning routine, how I set myself up for the day. My morning routine can include meditating, doing a coaching session, doing gratitude, taking five minutes and writing what I'm grateful for, intention setting for my day. It's something I've been doing that takes like a couple seconds. That I've been implementing is what's called the High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. It's a book called The High Five Habit. And basically, what you do is you give yourself a high five each morning. Yes, it feels cheesy at first. Mel Robbins says that it feels cheesy at first. But by high fiving yourself in the mirror each morning, you're setting your subconscious mind up for success and you're showing support for yourself. You have to show support for yourself. A lot of times when people look in the mirror, They're already like, oh my gosh, I need coffee. What is my hair doing? Oh, I don't want to be up this morning. When you give yourself a high five, if you high five someone else, it's very energizing. When you're doing that to yourself, you're showing yourself support. You're saying, hey, you go girl, you got this. You are pumping yourself up. And that is so important. Also, when I'm on my commute to work, I do like to listen to entertaining podcasts. I love mystery podcasts comedy podcast, haunting podcasts, but I also make sure I'm listening to a podcast that is motivating me and encouraging me on my journey. Some of my current favorite podcasts include Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett. That's one of the latest and greatest on my list. Dear Gabby, School of Greatness flew house and you get what, I say, get what I'm saying by Angie Griffith. She's also a Nashville girl. She's a podcaster, obviously, and has a lot of cool things to share. I also, as weird as I feel saying this, I'm going to say this. I listen to my own show. I'm going to be listening to this after I record it because I want to hear ways that I can improve my podcasting skills, improve the way I show up for you guys, and also how I showcase my guests. I want to hear. From my guests again and again and again, because they're people that inspire me. I could not, I, I just, I cannot express how grateful I am that the universe just keeps sending me all of these incredible guests to be on my show. Cause it, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal who I get to talk to and how I feel after interviewing them. Yeah, them. So all of this being said, I'm um, celebrating another year in my life, and yeah, it looks very different than what I would have imagined 12 years ago. But when I look at that photo of myself 12 years ago and just think about that one little thing, it's like, man, I'm exhausted. I look older. What is going on? I can't help but feel so proud of the life that I've built for myself, just the boundaries that I've created, being able to listen to my intuition and let it guide me to what is fulfilling for me and what a happy life looks like. I just, I know that just as a woman living in 2024, I'm just so lucky. I've been given opportunity that women before me maybe didn't have. It's just very recent that women are allowed to build careers, that we have bank accounts and are able to own property. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, shout out to you if you're watching from heaven. Thank you for that. Also, I've had a lot of women before me set an example of what it looks like to be a strong woman from, you know, both my sister-in-laws, from the teachers I had in college, my mom, my mom's a career woman. She's a strong woman. I just know that I've had that example set for me. And it was a reminder that I can create a life that I want. I may have felt exhausted in the past. And yeah, I have days where I just feel completely exhausted. Last week was one of them where I was sick. But I know I've come such a long way in how I'm managing my time and that I don't need to check off certain things in my list to be happy, that I just really needed to listen to myself and that I've been really been able to say a huge you to status quo, the illusion of a timeline, how I'm supposed to look at a certain age and live life by my own standard. I also just want to say that the technology that I have in front of me, I did not imagine I would have in college to be able to create my own show and have a podcast and show up for you guys each and every week. I, I say this all the time, and I'm just really grateful for the Lifelong Learners Collective. That includes all of you listeners. That includes all the guests. I just thank you all so much for joining me each and every week. Thank you for tuning in and supporting the show. I will ask. I this is not going to be the first or last time that I ask this, but I will ask that if you enjoy this episode, share it with your friends. Please leave a review and subscribe. That way, I can continue to build this and get the word out and share the joy. And before I wrap the episode up, I do want to summarize the energizing, fulfilling habits that I'm taking with me into this next trip around the sun. That is one volunteering. Two. Challenging myself mentally and physically, three, setting personal and external boundaries around energy and the feelings, and four, having that self care ritual for myself before going out into the world. Thank you guys again. I hope you all are doing the same. I hope you all are prioritizing yourself. I hope you all are proud of you guys, proud of yourselves. You are taking time to listen to a podcast about entrepreneurship and about going for your goals and living your best life, and about always learning something new, then you're really showing up for yourself. So props to you. And yeah, can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Can't wait to bring you guys back and yet even more epic, amazing guests. And maybe soon you might be a guest on the show as well, sharing your story.